So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 8 of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Melissa says her goodbyes to Louie. Anthony is not excited for his party Sheree is throwing him. Chelsea meets Mikey's daughter. Brittany quits school, you know, for Key Rock. And Red talks to his bestie behind Joy's back. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK. Teachable moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Uh, things are going pretty good. We're getting into the holiday season. I'm excited. Next weekend is a three-day holiday for Veterans Day, and Thanksgiving is not too far after. I don't after. have Veterans Day off. I have to go you to work don't? on Veterans Day. No. I have oh, to go to work. It's observed on Friday because it's officially on Saturday this year. But if it was on a weekday, you would get it off, right? My students are off. No, I wouldn't. I would never get that. I hardly ever get that one off. It's usually like parent-teacher conferences. And so, oh, like, the okay. students have off, but I don't. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I yeah. haven't had to work on a Veterans Day in a long time. Yeah. Well, I think ever, maybe. Yeah. I, mean, I never get off. For, I never. I never, also never got, like, Columbus slash Indigenous Peoples Day. Those no, are those we don't get that off. Random days, like, Jewish holidays, I get off. Random, because we felt like it days, we get off. Like, no. teacher convention day, we get off. Like, the teacher's no, union convention. No, we don't get anything like that. Yeah. So, that's what we get instead. Um, so, let's go to... Let's go to the group that we said, you know, we kind of talked about a lot. We feel like they're here just because we feel like Renika and Asante are gone, right? They're yeah. done. Their story's done. And so they brought in Joy, not Joy and Red. So let's talk about them. So Joy and Red are stopping by to drop his mom off before they go back to the hotel to do their thing. Oh, Red God. decides that once they are once once they're there though at the house that he wants to go inside and check things out for a few minutes. So hopefully Joy is like 10 minutes or less. That's what we're doing. Uh, so according to jo- who she's just going to wait in the car for that then. So he comes inside to scope, scope out like what the house looks like. A lot of the same pictures are still on the wall. Um, he looks, but he also noticed some things have changed like, you know, furniture, paint, stuff like that. It's been a long time since he's been there. So he sits on the couch to talk to his mom, Esther, who tells him that, you know, she hasn't really had enough time to really talk to him. She wants to kind of know if he like more or less realizes what he's getting into, like, are you ready for this kind of commitment? And are you going to, you're going to move to another state? You're going to settle down. She has her doubts, right? Um, because he really hasn't had any chance to experience life. Um, but he's now he's just going to take off and jump into fatherhood and all kinds of that stuff. Ugh. So he's, he seems pretty dead set on settling down and growing up, but they're getting up against Joy's 10 minute limit. And so he's got a dip. She's like, I think she even starts honking from outside. Like you've been long oh, enough. So Esther isn't happy. She wanted him to stay in Missouri for a minute to get all of his affairs in order, but they're going to get out of here ASAP. So he and Joy then drive to the hotel, and he, they don't even make it to the room right away because he just looks at the hotel bar and is like, yes, drink. I need a drink. I haven't had a drink in 10 years. Give me a Crown Royal Apple, which is like a choice, I guess. That okay. you can make. It is evidently Joy's favorite drink too. So they have their first drink together and his first drink for like 10 years. So they start talking about what they're going to do in the room. So that kind of gets things flowing. So it's been 10 years and he tells us, you know, they've been having like the best phone sex or whatever. And I don't need to hear about all that. Mm. So this time we don't even get – we don't even get the part where they're like in the room starting to make out and kick out production because they get on the elevator and he was like, nope, you wait here. You're done. This is where you stop. <laughs> so we catch up with them the morning after and they clearly had a very fun night. 
what she they say that kind of like at first, but then he clarifies specifically that meant sex, all the sex, all night. He even brags about giving her oral for two hours straight, which oh God. I don't think is the flex he thinks it is. It shouldn't take that long, but <laughs> <laughs> so they both seem to be satisfied as and he's in the bathroom straightening her hair. So Joy says that uh, it's way better doing, you know, having sex with someone that you have feelings for, not just a hookup. Uh, she always said she's never had a boyfriend before, so that would be a first for her, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, they leave the hotel then and they talk about how his family is not feeling the big move. And he wants to throw – maybe have like a big party, a big going away celebration. And, you know, he also talks about how he wants to get out of Missouri so he doesn't fall in with his old friends. So they stop by to get his hair done because he's got, you know, the locks and stuff that need to get taken care of for his appointment with Kenya. And it's going to take like two hours. So Joy's going to come back later. And that gives Red a chance when she leaves to FaceTime his, quote, bestie, Julie, <laughs> who is – I mean, just based on how she looks on the FaceTime that he does – Definitely somebody Joy would not want him talking with. Right. So uh, she like <laughs> she she seems to know what's up. Like, and she's like, he's like, oh, you look good. She's like, it's kind of weird to tell your bestie that they look good, isn't it? Maybe I shouldn't say that. Hmm? Yeah. Like, perhaps. <laughs> so Red tells us that uh, this Julie was a friend before he was locked up. But then when he got locked up, she got locked up shortly after. So then they came kind of like pen pals just because they were both had nothing to do. So he says that after he found out about Joy's cheating, that's when he really started getting into talking to Julie, who is one of the people that sent him money in prison. She's, he said yeah. that she sent her about $3,000 while he was in. So he tells her that he wants to meet up with her. But, you know, they're not going to have to make it – he doesn't have much time because they're trying to get out of there. So they'll have to make it short and sweet. So he admits that this this meeting is going to have to be behind Joy's back um, because – but he thinks that's OK because he he also – he's going to justify everything with this, by the way, that, well, if she didn't get pregnant, she would have never told me about her cheating. All right. Um, so he hangs up and Kenya, the hairdresser, is literally like, what the hell was that? So <laughs> clearly more than a bestie and she's right. like, what are you going to do when she finds out, right? So – I guess it's like how many times can he use the excuse of, well, you wouldn't have told me you cheated, so I can just do whatever I want behind your back. I think that's part of the problem with this couple. And I I feel like just in general, like couples that have had like cheating incidents in their relationship is one person – kind of feels that they do have like this weird get out of jail free card, you know, because it's like, well, I'm forgiving you for cheating. So I am, you know, in good faith here, uh, (laughs) giving myself one, you know, uh, thing where I can mess up and you have to forgive me because I have forgiven you. And so it's this weird, like, you know, almost like debt owed almost. Right. Uh, yeah, where there it's and it's like and when it becomes something like this where someone is keeping score, this is where I feel like you are certainly like setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, this 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 kind of hall pass does not work, right? No, it, it doesn't. And then it becomes the well, who was worse, right? Well, mm-hmm. you cheated and I well, yours was worse because it was with Someone that you actually cared about. Mine was with some randoms that I had no emotional attachment to. Right. And so then it becomes sure. this whole like keeping score thing. And it's just it's this is uh, 
this is doomed to failure. By God, they're going to try make it work for a good year or so. <laughs> yeah. it's just, I, I think it's weird because I, I understand as much as I think it's a bad idea. Like mm-hmm. I understand the the impulse to be like, well, I get a hall pass, right? Yeah. Like, she, she cheated on me. Then I get one one year right, get out of jail free card where mm-hmm. I get to cheat on her. But he seems to feel like his pass is, well, she cheated on me until something happened where she got caught. Therefore, right. I get to cheat on her repeatedly and as many times as I can until I get caught. And then when I get yeah. caught, now we're even. And so it was like the – because that's what it seems to he is running about. It's like, well, she got, she got away with it a bunch of times before she got caught. So right. I should do – I should be able to do the same thing. That said – He's going to get caught very quickly if he's this sloppy about it. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, going back to this keeping score, it's like, well, she technically cheated with three guys. So does that mean he has three hall passes and he's just going to, you know, just like you said, not say anything until he gets caught? So then maybe he could go more than three if, you know, like... You know, he's like thinking, oh, I can get caught three times. And then it's like, a, I don't know, a three strikes you're out situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't think he thinks that – I'm sure he's, he, he doesn't think that she only cheated on him three times, right? Sure. There was three sure. times that were in close enough succession that she wasn't sure who the father was, right? Right. There could have been many, many other guys that were like outside of that range, right? Oh, yeah. it was two weeks before. That was three weeks before that. It was a month before that, right? So I know he's not the father. Right. Right. And so and and he, he's pretty sure that if that did happen, he didn't hear about those. He just heard yeah. about these ones. So it's all about like doing it until I get caught. But it's like – but it's also – it's just wild to me the number of times and we've seen it so many times mm-hmm. is just that I'm ready. I'm going to settle down. I'm going to jump in and be a father. Great. Two seconds later, who are you calling? Uh, that girl I want to mess around with. Like, why would you, right. you know, you're doing that. Like, why yeah. are you so convinced that you want to settle down when you also are convinced that you want to hook up with these other randos? It doesn't make right. any sense. Yeah. So the couple that we were talking about last week that th- they remind us of, is it funny? They're actually going to be yes, on Life After Lockup, Chevelle <laughs> and Quaylen. Um, Same deal where he was super like now he doesn't have kids of his own, but like super ready to be a dad, or at least that's what he said. And then almost immediately is like interested in other female attention. Um, The other one that I was thinking of was uh, Harry and Indy. You know, Mm -hmm. same situation like, oh, Harry's going to be like a dad. It's just like I can't think of a single scenario where this this cliche thing has actually turned out. Right, right. With a thing where they're like, what, do you mean the cliche of what they're saying? Like how I want to settle down and be a father and, and yeah. do it, right? The, yeah. Only, the only that. ones that I would say are semi-successful are, I would say, the ones that already had kids. That were their you kids. Know? Yes, that they were their own kids or like oh, uh, no, no, Mike, like Michael, and, Michael uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah, Justine, like yes. he has kids. So he had the dad thing down and they were blending their family. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like mm-hmm. that, you know, that seems to be more successful than, you know, a new person who's never been a father before trying to step into a father role to kids that aren't his. Yeah. That's when that, has that worked out? That has not worked out ever, no. ever. And it's just, it's not that it doesn't work out because I just, I do believe it's not way in a harder. prison situation. It's way any, uh, uh, yes. And, and well, we've talked about it's situation. not the prison part, it's the fact that these people, uh, you know, have been prison, uh, in prison since they were very young. It's almost like you're 
you know, stuck in time, right? Like, Red is essentially 20 years old when he went to prison. He's like 30 now, but he mm-hmm. might as well be sure. 20. Like, right. what 20-year-old do you know is very rare for a 20-year-old to be, like, ready and willing for fatherhood? Right. And even really willing to settle down when he's got, like right. – I mean, that's that's the thing. What twenty year old or somebody who hasn't been able to get get any is like, I'm ready to settle down. I'm gonna. This is the one woman for me. I have for the five rest women of are, my life, and I have five other women immediately right now who I can yeah. get with. Like, no, they're not doing that. Right, right. I mean, there are. I feel like there's a lot of uh, religious influences. <laughs> okay, but yes, but those people aren't don't have other women on the line. Like ready and, and waiting, also, ready to I go, waiting to go, right? Someone who is that like devout probably doesn't have impulse control. Like, let's say cons, <laughs> people who commit crimes. Yeah, for sure. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let me go with my other one because I had like everybody this yep, week. So pretty much, let's go to uh, let's go to the. Oh, I'll stick with this one, Sheree and Anthony. So we start with Sheree's friend Sunny, and she's over and. Evidently ready to party because the first thing out of her mouth is like, let's do shots. Like, mm-hmm. so, okay. So, Sunny starts off and it's the day of Anthony's party. So, it's kind of like a pregame situation. So, Sunny starts off by asking her, asking her about their sex life, which is going pretty well. And, um, of course, this being the day of the party, Sheree has everything planned down to the minute. So, she shows off – she goes to the room, shows off the outfit she's going to wear, which is like – she said it's all black, but it's not all black because she's wearing a white mm. shirt with like a letter jacket over top of it. Um, Which anyway. can we just say right now? She said black is freedom, but they're black and white outfits. It's like that's like the traditional, like stereotypical, like whatever uh, prison uniform. Oh yeah, the black and white stripes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I what definitely don't say? associate black with freedom. The color black, no. like black clothing with freedom, I associate no. it with like funerals and things like that, which is not freedom. Um, opposite of freedom. The I opposite know. of freedom. I feel like freedom is colorful. Like anyway, anyway. So, um, so she also tells us she's spending about five grand on this party altogether. So later on, Lindsay and Shaquanda show up. They're the hair and makeup artists. So, um, while that's going on, there's like more and more people showing up. Like the cousin is showing up. She's getting she's getting her hair done. She's like, you know, crimp the hell out of my hair, get the makeup. And the one person who's not there here though is Anthony. So she, it's concerning because. At first, she said the party was getting started around 8.30 and 9-ish and it's currently 8.12 and he needs to come in and shower and do everything and get himself ready. Um, so, she tries to call him and see what's up and just gets to his voicemail, which is starting to frustrate her. So, she says that in terms of her temper or whatever it is, she keeps rating everything on a scale and she doesn't say what the scale is like. She's like, it's already at 50 and it can get to 100 real quick. So, all right. <laughs> so, another reason that um, that her – you know. Whatever scale is going up is because she's pretty stressed about her baby daddy being there and the fact that Anthony and nobody else knows that he's going to be there. God. So eventually, Anthony does show up and uh, you know immediately complains about the burnt hair smell. He's like, "What is that? Oh, gross!" Um, <laughs> she doesn't like how like nonchalant he uh, was about where he says about where he was. He was like, "You know, I was going to my mom's," but he's trying to just play it off cool because he was really getting stuff ready for his proposal with the ring and everything that he's going to do later. So he's not trying to get into a conflict. Uh, she just she just says she needs him to listen to him more. So he helps her into like 
eventually the last thing has to go under her boots, which he really, really has to help her into. Like it's a <laughs> whole process. And they finally leave at 9.10, which again, the party was supposed to start at 8.30 or 9. Um, and they leave the makeup and hair, hair girls back to um, lock up behind them. So they arrive at 9.30 and everyone seems to pretty much already be there. The DJ's pumping the music. They got drinks flowing. It feels very club-like. Like, that's what she's going for in the party. And Anthony's just like, eh, it's not really my scene. I don't know. I'd rather just like sit alone, talk. <laughs> like, so he appreciates the effort. Uh, but it feels like it's a sure party for Sheree. And she threw a party for himself and invited whoever she wanted to invite. So they do like a fake bottle service thing where they drop the champagne in the thing. But it's like not actually a club again. Um, <laughs> but he's very much not into drinking the champagne. He's like, I don't want to drink. So he doesn't know why his people aren't here. And Sheree says, you know, she doesn't know why they're not here. They were invited. So it's kind of their fault that they're not here. So producers ask Anthony directly if he would like it if there were more of his friends here. But he just says – I'd like it actually more if there was not a party at all. Like, that's <laughs> fine. So things are going great. Um, but then the drama, the drama we're finally waiting for kind of starts when um, baby daddy Rich shows up. So Anthony clocks it pretty quickly and mom Sharice is like incredulous. Like remember how nutty Sharice is. She's like, what? Yeah. He's here? Why is he here? He shouldn't be here. This is my buddy. Is. <laughs> so Sheree introduces Rich to Anthony and they shake hands and everything. But soon Anthony kind of pulls him aside to have that conversation he wanted to have with, with him. And Sharice is still sitting there ranting about the whole situation. So they kind of do a huge, huge tease where they show like the two of the guys talking in the parking lot. And Sheree is like running around the whole party trying to figure out where they are. Where are they? And we're like following her through the, through the hallways and stuff. But when we get to – we do eventually get to hear what they're talking about and it's all fine. You know, Anthony's just like – uh, I just introduced myself to him. You know, we were to make clear what the situation was. He's like, we don't have to be friends. I just need to know about you because you're going to be around my son. It's all exactly what you should kind of clear up mm -hmm. with, with this kind of thing. All respectful and appropriate. And again, this whole time they're cutting back and forth like Sheree is looking for where the fight is. Like, she's, where are they? Where'd they go? Oh, did they leave? Uh. So they finally get – she finally gets to them and then they dab up and go their own ways and Sheree is satisfied about how this all turned out because it's super important to her that they could at least be cordial. So now she's really ready to get turned up now that that like is off the – that stress is off. So it's pretty soon though. It's 11.45 and you know he has his curfew at once. So he's got to get the, this proposal thing um, running. And one of the things that's weird about the proposal is that most of the people there already think they're married. So <laughs> that's going to be an awkward thing. He doesn't care about it. So he stops the party and tells everyone, hey, everybody, I just want to, you know, make an announcement. I want to do something. Uh, I know you all think we're married, but we're not. And that just like <laughs> everybody gets very confused. Um, then he gets out the ring, gets on one knee and everybody cheers. Yeah, yeah. She says yes. So now they're officially, officially, officially engaged. Um, so Charisse though – and then we kind of for the rest of our segment just go and talking to people. Charisse is not happy she was lied to. Debo. Not happy he was lied to. No. Um, and everybody's just very confused. Like they're kind of like, what the hell was up with that? Why did you do that? That was weird. And she is just getting more frustrated about it. This she being Sheree. Um, you know, there's a lot of like, I don't think this relationship is going to last if it starts off on a bed of lies. So yeah. um, that's, where we're, that's where we're kind of at. Then all of a sudden they show us a clock on the screen and it's 1245. So they have to like get out of there. They like screech out on the tires and stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> dramatic. Um, so I just could not get over the difference between how dramatic this party was 
versus mm-hmm. how dramatic the editing wanted us to think it was. Oh, right, right. Um, honestly, like Anthony and Big Richie, baby daddy, uh-huh. uh, they are such like Sheree is so lucky to have both of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And Sheree even admits she was being petty as hell. And that was the reason why she invited Big Rich there, because she wanted to, like, throw it in his face. Yeah, I got a man. Here's right. a party yes. for my man. Look at how much I'm spoiling him and look at how much he's free and he exists. Right. And uh, she's lucky that both these dudes are, you know, not even buying into that bullshit and they're just like yeah we cool yeah yeah cool you know right. and yeah. it right. what because she let's be real here if she was being petty inviting him she was like waiting for that drama right mm-hmm. she had her popcorn ready she was gonna yeah. sit back and, and be that's like, what she let was, these men fight over me. That's what she was upset about. She was like, yeah. oh, no, they're talking. Where am I? I have to be there to see it. I got to be there to see it. Where is it's it? It's like, where is you it? Where is made it? this. Why are you like, where are they? Oh, I can't believe this drama that could possibly be going down. It's like, OK, you're the one who instigated the entire thing. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the conversation that they didn't have up. It's like, you know, Sheree set this up, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Like, like, okay, like, I didn't do this on purpose. I was just like, whatever, like, you know. Right, right. Yeah. And like, even Sheree kind of at the end was like, it warms my heart that the two, you know, important people are getting along. It's like, yeah, despite you. Right. You literally did whatever you could to make them not get along. And right. she, like, even to the point where she's like, oh, you better not say anything about how you think he's a bad father. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, like. She's just, you're right. She's, I mean, I do think you're right. And maybe this is the first we've seen it. Is she just a drama queen? Is she just going to do this for everything? Because she also didn't take people's like kind of lighthearted ribbing about like, yo, why didn't you tell us you were married? Why did you tell us you were married? Like she's like, I don't want anything to you. I'm going to, it's like weird. That was a weird reaction. That itself tells you how drama she is. Why are you going to go and fake a marriage certificate? Like, we talked about this. Who's yeah. asking to verify and see this thing? You know? So, it's like she's already drama. She's bringing the drama. She's, you know, creating the mm-hmm. drama. She's all about it. So, well, she's lucky was, that Ant is not oh, about he's not it drama. at all. Yeah, for sure. No, he isn't. He's, like, opposite. Complete opposite. But it's it's just weird that that's like a few different people. We saw it with the marriage certificate. We saw it mm-hmm. with Big Rich. Is like she clearly had a lot of people that were like, I don't believe your boyfriend exists. I don't think he's yeah. there. Like this is this is like your this is like somebody's Canadian girlfriend. You don't have a Canadian girlfriend. We all know you don't have a Canadian girlfriend. Stop <laughs> doing this. Like she's like, yeah. no, look, I have a marriage certificate. No, look, I'm bringing him to my party. Look at how real he is. Look at how much of a body he has. Look at this. Yeah. I don't know. She's pretty lucky that both of them seem pretty mellow. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay. uh, Let's move on to uh, Chelsea and Mikey. So Chelsea checks in with Mikey, who signs he's not getting in the car with her if she's angry. So she drives off, leaving Mikey to walk. He doesn't like this because it's bringing out the angry convict side of him that he doesn't want to see. Chelsea once again checks in on him by driving by, telling him to get in the car. Mikey says he can't believe she left him and drove off, but Chelsea reasons that he's the one who wanted air and she didn't want to argue. 
He doesn't want to argue either, so they both agree to move on and go to see his daughter. Mikey says that he has anxiety issues, so having someone who can throw a fit and drive off is just very concerning. Mikey calls his sister to ask if his daughter Hadley has arrived at her house yet, and she says yes. Hadley is eight. He said he was out when she was three months old, but then he bought a stolen car, so he was sent back to prison. And it's been three and a half years since he's seen her last. Mikey checks in with Chelsea to see if she's worried about baby mama drama, and Chelsea says yes, because she says she's not good with females. Mikey assures her that his baby mama, Allison, isn't bad. Mikey says that he was with Allison for five years, and Allison left him over jealousy issues. Mikey claims that he bought the stolen car so he could drive to Indiana to see uh, them, both her and Hadley. Chelsea doesn't want to come in and meet Hadley or her mom, and Mikey says that she just doesn't understand. He sees it as uh, another fit that she's having and wonders when is this all going to stop. Mikey attempts to get Chelsea to come in as soon as they pull up. Hadley comes running out of the house and jumps into Mikey's arms. Chelsea smiles from the car as she half watches on. Hadley is interviewed, saying that she's so happy to see her dad, saying that he gives her the best cuddles. She gives him a card asking him to be her valentine. Hadley wants to stay with him sometimes, even if her bossy mom says no. Hadley says that she called uh, her mom a Karen once as Mikey laughs. Mikey says it warms his heart uh, to see how accepting Hadley is. Mikey goes outside to try and talk Chelsea to come inside one more time. Chelsea says that she's nervous and doesn't know what to say. He assures her that he'll interpret for her and hold her hand. Chelsea is nervous because she wishes she wasn't deaf and wonders if Hadley will accept her or like her since she can't really speak. Chelsea goes inside and nervously waves at Hadley. Hadley immediately runs up and hugs Chelsea. She shows Chelsea some of the signs she's learned. Chelsea is so happy that everyone in Mikey's world is just so welcoming and warm to her. Mikey is also really happy. He talks and signs with Hadley so Chelsea can understand. He asks Hadley if she will tell her mom how much fun she had today, and Hadley says she will, but she thinks mom will be jealous. Courtney, Mikey's sister, thinks that uh, Allison would be happy for her, while Mikey translates the jealousy, it's of fun, to Chelsea. Uh, Mikey says that Allison has done a great job at parenting Hadley, and they uh, have a real already had a really good working relationship. Chelsea says that she refuses to meet Allison. She once had an issue with her ex and his ex, and she's not trying to be involved in any baby mama drama. Chelsea is worried about a Mikey leaving. Courtney comes out to ask Mikey how he feels uh, about being so far from Hadley, moving to Ohio from Kentucky, and Mikey is starting to feel torn about leaving. All right. So, I mean, Hadley, like angel face, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Best reaction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Making Chelsea feel welcome. Oh, Do my God. Think- she was like, I'm learning ASL. Awesome. Like, such a sweet yeah. girl. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. Like immediately gives her a hug. I know Chelsea was really nervous about it. And mm-hmm. it's just like so warming. And then what Mikey was saying, too, about, you know, not judging him for being in prison or, you know, um, just feeling like like he's accepted and that she loves him and that there's like never a doubt, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you think Chelsea will stop having these tantrums like seeing and I and the thing is, is at first I was kind of annoyed with her because it was like, okay, I see where Mikey's coming from. It just seems like she's being stubborn again, like with the lawyer. 
right? right. Like she didn't right. want to go in and it's just another lawyer situation. Um, but then we kind of hear her side and she's just like really insecure. And that's why she didn't want to meet the daughter. She was really scared that the daughter wouldn't meet her. But do you think she'll have a little bit more faith in Mikey's like family and friends now? Because they all have been so, so kind to Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, you, you hopefully that, and also to trust Mikey a little bit more with that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, like like trust him to not bring her into situations where she won't be welcome, right. and she won't, you know, because he hasn't he hasn't done her that way yet. Now we've seen other partners totally do that to their partners all the time, oh, right? Sure, yeah. Um, to bring them, drag them into situations where they're not welcome, but I mean, I don't think she clearly didn't fig- internalize it all the way because she refused to right. go say hi to Allison, like which is like weird to me um because at this point you know we're to a certain age everybody has a past everybody has people that are there right and everybody has people that it's important that you you get along with people that are there it just is weird to me it's like it seems actually that you want to make a compression with this person because this is a person that's going to be entrusting that their daughter be around you often right and so you want that person to not necessarily like you it's a weird baby mamas and new girlfriends. They're never going to be best BFFs, right? And if they yeah. are, it's kind of it, – it's pretty weird. Um, yeah. But they but they need to at least respect each other, right? They need to yeah. at least like each other. And like it just seems like that's not going to happen if it's like, well, where is she? Well, she didn't want to talk to you. So she's like just in the house. Like that's weird. Yeah. Like that, that's, that to me is it's, it's not, not helping gonna... to build the trust. Right. And I was going to say that in itself is an impression. Yes, right? like, it is. Without having to meet her, it's like that's an impression like, oh, OK, she's distant. She doesn't care about having a relationship. She doesn't see me as someone who should be respected or important in, you know, because I mean, just because you're important in someone's life, you know, they have an important role in your life. It doesn't mean that you're romantically involved with them. Right. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Is she is weirdly with, weird with the jealousy stuff, and because she said she had issues with somebody who would like, oh, yeah. who wanted to stay friends with an ex. Uh, that's just what you get when you have a when you date a parent. Like, sorry, the ex is going to be involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's going to be around. Well, and that, and like, that situation too is unique because she said that this is the first person she's ever dated that has had a child. So right. the ex she's talking about had an ex that was like just an ex. There's nothing keeping them together. For sure, yes, yes. And so if that's your what you're that's what you're starting with. That's what your right. your background in this is. Kind of weird that you want to stay friends with your ex for no reason. Oh, wait, you're sleeping with her still. That's – I yeah. get it now. Like, right, whereas this is – when you have kids, there's a reason. It's not no reason anymore. Like, you kind of – you have to stay in touch with them. Like, you can't yeah. not. It's impossible. It, but it's weird, too, because I think it's hard for her to relate to because she has, what, three kids and three different baby daddies. And yeah, I don't think she talks to any of them. She's not in contact with any of them. But yeah. I think all of them – are like a, abusive and so i think that's the mm-hmm. reason why they're not in their kid's life mm-hmm. and so i that's just a completely different situation and so for her to not be able to relate i mean i get that but at the same time like even though you don't relate like you could make an attempt to empathize because it very easily could be your situation if these kids had decent dads who were like you know trying to actively be in their life for sure for sure it just and that's a, it just it just strikes me as that's a bad first impression 
to mm-hmm. avoid meeting them. Like yeah. that's that's a bad like, – I'm thinking as a parent, like, right? If one of my kids brought, you know, somebody home that they were serious about dating and that person was like, uh, I, I think I'll just wait in the car. I don't want to meet your dad. Now, that's yeah. like – that's that's suspicious. Like that's, uh-huh. that, that's worse than – like I don't know how, what you could have come in and said in the three minutes we would have talked to each other before you left that would have been worse than – well, I could think of a him. bunch of things. No, <laughs> that would be that way would, worse. Realistically, you would say and just be like, oh, hi, how's it going? Oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Like, I'm, like Anything just, involving drugs, alcohol, and sex, probably right. worst first well, impression. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm imagining a first impression where it's like, oh, it's just going to be like a quick, Awkward. oh, hi. Like, mm-hmm. hi, okay, yeah, we'll see you later. Not like a whole big long dinner where they're going to – because I guess people do run their mouths a lot. We've seen people – uh, say pretty stupid things pretty stupid like, things yeah. unprompted you're like was that even necessary come on now <laughs> yeah i guess people are bad at it i'm pretty good at yeah. meeting parents i don't get it <laughs> yeah all right so moving on let's go to Brittany and Kirok. so Kirok is um at his mom's house that's where they live of course and he's getting ready or Brittany's gonna like help him but he's trying to figure out his hormones so in prison he didn't have to figure this out. The med staff just took care of it. They're like, come down for your shot, get your shot, go away. So it's actually his first time he's had to give himself the shot. So it's also his first time having to pay for it because in prison, they, they paid for his med care. So he was awkwardly trying to fill the syringe and I'm just like, oh my God, please don't do this. Are you going to give yourself up? You're going to have a bubble in the blood. It's going to be oh, oh, God, terrible. Oh God, no. Right? Yeah. Um, so Brittany gives him – but he ends up – Brittany gives him the injection of testosterone and a couple of hours later – He's not feeling so great. He's feeling overly fatigued and looks really sweaty. So it's usually these it's usually these kind of symptoms that he has when he doesn't have enough tea. So she, Brittany, is just worried that they didn't do it right. So that she leaves him to get some rest, and then we see him the next morning when he seems to be doing much better. But after that scare, he thinks, eh, you know what? I think I'll leave the shots to the professionals from here on out. I'll just go <laughs> to a clinic or something and have them do yeah. it. So we talk about her plans for the day, and she says she wants to go to talk to her school about dropping out. Oh, Keep Rock doesn't agree with dropping out be, out of cosmetology school. This is um, just because it would be a huge waste of money, all the time and money that she's put into it. And we find out that it wasn't really the time and money that she's put into it, but the money that he's put into it that he helped pay from a sugar mama that he had in prison. So just you know, keeping that money flowing. So the next scene, Brit- Key Rock is dropping Brittany off at school and is warning him that like, you know what I'm going to do, like. She can't go to school and also be there for him all the time. And that's what he's like. You don't need to be here for me all the time. I'm not dying. Um, but she thinks she needs her – he needs her more than better than he realizes. And she can't be successful at school if, she's, if he's always hitting her up about like, when's my appointment? What am I supposed to do with this? And things like that. So he decides to wait outside while Brittany goes inside to quit. Um, so when she walks in, the instructor, Consquila, gives her a hard time about like missing classes and she uh, tells Consquila that she needs, you know, I think I'm going to like take a six-month break to get my finances together and then maybe I'll be back. Uh, Consquila thinks that's pretty dumb because as a hairstylist, uh, you make way more money than that. Um, like, if you're worried about your finances, then actually finishing school and getting a license is going to be way more lucrative than quitting and doing whatever you're going to do. <laughs> um, so it makes um, – so outside, Key Rock though, he's calling because he had – a connection from prison. There was like a guest speaker that, 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 that said something and has a connection outside to an HVAC company. And so he calls, you know, calls trying to get a job there. 
The person on the phone's a little confused because this prison speaker didn't give much info about Key Rock and, you know, asks what kind of experience he has. And then we switch back to the hair salon back and forth. We have – at some point they ask Brittany like, how old are you? And she says 23 and a completely unrelated person at the hair salon who was not involved in the conversation at all right. just starts crying. Like, Yeah. <laughs> And she said that she's upset because basically she's overhearing the conversation and it's pretty triggered that she's ba- hearing Brittany repeat some of the same mistakes she's made. She's 30 and still doesn't have her like a cosmetology license. So they both kind of are like, you know, once you quit, you're not going to start again, right? You're not going to finish. You're not going to come back and finish. But, you know, and another student says that she's just making excuses. And then we switch back to outside. Outside, it seems like Kirok's job prospects are pretty good. And the company person tells him to come on in. So Brittany is still trying to give it back, convince everybody. She's like, but it's not the same. I have a plan, but I have a plan. Uh, she just whines, I have a plan for a lot of times. So back in the car, Brittany tells Kirok what she said to the people in the salon. She was getting frustrated because they were saying basically the same things that Kirok was saying, but yeah. no one understands that she has a plan. <laughs> and also God is on my side or oh, he's going to be when I get right spiritually. Um, but Kirok suspects that her bringing God into this is just like a ploy to get him to be on her side, right? Because mm-hmm. she knows how much God means to him. Uh, and she kind of says she's been slacking with her faith. And he says, well, if that's true, then you, you got to be more serious about that. You can't mess around with that. So Brittany gets a call from her friend Shayla. And while they're in the, while they're on the phone it, with Kirok driving, they make a plan to have brunch and like make TikToks together yeah. at brunch. So Kirok is not really feeling this though. He's like, I thought you needed more time to get right with God, not make TikToks and go to brunch. So seems like she could have used that time, you know, to not quit school. Maybe you should have your God time and your school time and not your TikTok time. So <laughs> she thinks it's crazy that he's mad. She's just going to brunch and she says that, you know, for her and she comes in with a sob story about like, that's the only person I have besides you. So obviously I have to make time for her and, and, you know, if I don't do that, I'll lose her and then I'll have nobody. And they keep bickering along to a while about how Brittany is using her time and they get home and she's like, want to watch a movie or something? And he's just acting like annoyingly upset and like, no, I don't want to being grumpy the whole everywhere. And then we, we leave them. So uh, how much time does it take to get, get right with God in terms of your work schedule? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I feel like it's one of those things where you just either are or you aren't. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and maybe like, I don't know, 30 minutes of meditation slash prayer. Uh, yeah. That's slash what contemplation that, time. That's a day, what I'm thinking. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm at. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I'm, and, and I was raised Catholic and I'm like, sure, it's like one hour on Sunday and maybe like 15, 20 minutes a day. Like, what do you like? That doesn't, yeah, like, I, I feel mean, like you like, can squeeze that in. Like, right. Like they say morning prayers and evening prayers, right? So like bedtime sure. prayers, I guess, and morning prayers, mm-hmm. like half an hour for each at most an hour a day. Yeah. I, it just, that seems like that to me seems like a lot of praying time. And so yeah. like, I, I don't think that means you have to quit school. No, I don't think so either. I agree with everybody in this episode. Sure. Like mm-hmm. all of these are just excuses. And it's like she has a plan. Her plan is to do what? 
Like, she wasn't very clear on her plan. It Actually, no, I take it back. She did kind of spout off some things that were just like... She talked about building a clientele. And it's like, can you build a clientele? I, like, we've can this, you without a cosmetology yeah, license? We've heard this from all kinds of people before. It's like, oh, what I need to do before I actually open a business is build up my my client base. And it's like, but how can yeah. you do that if you're not providing anything yet? Like, right. I don't understand. Like, how are you getting a hair clientele if you can't do their hair? Like, Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's like low-key underground doing it and – but it also doesn't make any sense. So if you're low-key underground doing it, why would someone go to you versus someone who is actually a licensed professional unless you're undercutting the competition by making it super cheap? But then why don't you just finish school and pay, like, charge a normal the price? Rate. Yeah, the growing rate, yes. right? Yes. Well, it, it does also, not make sense She also sense mentioned to me. doing, like, nails like to, as well. Like, which Isn't I guess that is also a, side a cosmetology thing. license? I don't know. And that's the thing, too, is there definitely is some issues with over-licensing in, this, in mm -hmm. this thing. Like, do we really need a license to do nails? Is that really something we need to – like, do oh, we need a license? Oh, heck yeah. The answer to that is 100% yes, because I can tell you my friend's mom actually passed away from an infection that started from a pedicure gone wrong. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like immediate or anything like that, but she eventually got an infection from a, you know, like a... Like a blood a, infection of some sort? Like kind something. of starting with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just, it went wrong. I mean, her mom also had other health issues. So, I mean, that wasn't the primary, but like certainly what instigated. And so it's like, you have to be trained in like sanitary conditions, like sanitizing your instruments, like... You know, not necessarily technique in the same way, you right. know, like, but mm -hmm. you certainly I wouldn't trust someone who wasn't trained in something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess that part of my argument is is, is out there. <laughs> that is like, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it did it did sound like and it's funny because I know I had that my 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 brother for a while in college, you know, just bought clippers and would give people haircuts in his dorm room for like 20 bucks a pop. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and like. He mentioned that, like he was getting his own haircut because he didn't cut his own hair, and you know, kind of mentioned something about like, offhandedly mentioned to the barber, and the barber like almost kicked him out. He was like, right. you "God, do not, do, you're doing this." Like he was like, like it was like a slap in the guy's face to tell him, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I've been cutting hair without a license," and he's like, "No." And so I could see the people in this thing, and that's why she never mentions it to them. That I was like, right. "Oh no, I'm just going to start cutting hair without a license right now, and then I'll come back to school later." And it's like. Especially because what we've seen from her in the school, she doesn't seem like she's that good at it. No. <laughs> like, Katsuila is always like, you're doing it wrong. This is awful. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. She doesn't really have a real plan and it's well, just I mean, super <sighs> annoying. It's, it, it is always annoying to me when your plan is, God will figure it out. It's like, no, that's not a plan. You might think that God can figure it out and okay, that's – I think that's a silly thing to think. I think you, know, you have your – God gave you the gifts that he gave you so you could figure it out. Mm -hmm. But like especially when it's like, OK, you can think that. That's not a plan. That does not count as a plan. Right. Like my that's plan God's is God plan and no one out. knows God's plan. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so that doesn't help you any. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So last up, we got Melissa and Louie. So Melissa and Louie are – they're in the car – after his dentist appointment, which uh, he can't believe they had to pay out. He's like, we had to pay $150 for that? But Melissa's like, that's 
Damn, that's how it is. That's how dentists work, which is why, you know, back in Jersey, I would hook up with the, I would hook up with a dentist because then I can get free root canals. <laughs> so he's like, maybe I should hook up with a dentist. And she's like, that's not even a funny joke. Don't you ever say that again. It's like, what? Oh, that annoyed me. Like she could make a joke about banging a dentist. But he well, can't it was make her sister. I thought she said she was banging a dentist. No, she said her sister was banging a dentist. Oh. <laughs> anyway, she doesn't. Anyway, they kind of decide that they should get the dentures for now because, you know, he thinks he just needs to get he, – he is – wants to get it done, wants something done quickly. He's going to like the way – he feels like he's going to like the way he looks with the dentures better than he looks now. And Melissa just is like, well, then you better get up before me and go to bed after me because I'm not looking at your teeth on a God. bathroom counter. So Melissa just hopes – so anyway, so it's Melissa's last day here and they both are pretty bummed about that. So he said his, his plan is to hopefully, you know, get some shifts at the pizza place, live with Donna and then have everything in order so that when he finally gets the okay to move to Jersey, he can do it right away. So they get back to Donna's and Melissa, again, with the not wanting to come in and say hi. Um, and so instead of that, they like hang out in the front yard and like, you know, do a long kiss goodbye. And then Donna's at the door just being like, hey, hey. You want to come inside? It's like, well, oh, did you just say they came inside? So, and also Donna's, and then that Melissa's like, well, I'm going to be late for my flight. And she's like, you're never worried about being late. Don't worry, come inside. So <laughs> Melissa's concerned that it, as, you know, Louie lives with Donna, she's just going to enable him. But then Melissa leaves and um, Louis Louis's there. So he sits in a couch that has a Maryland flag pillow behind him for some reason. Of course, I noticed that. I was like, there's a Maryland yeah. flag behind that guy. Um, and he fills in Donna with everything that's been going on. So he tells her about the ballroom dancing and the quote-unquote flirting, how things have been um, rough because uh, – but things have been really rough for him because Donna and Melissa don't get along. And he he suspects they don't get along because they're basically the same person personality-wise. <laughs> and he's like, you just rub each other the wrong way because you're too similar. So Donna says like though, she gets starts to get really upset. She's like, what about me? Like she moved down to Georgia just so she could be near where he was and she feels like he's just leaving her hanging. So he gets up to hug her and then they both – they're both crying and then he tells us in an interview he feels bad about basically all the crap he's given his mother, right? She's still – He's stolen from her. He's lied to her. He's, you know, done her wrong. And here she is still here trying to support him. So he appreciates that and, you know, but still needs to do his thing. And all the time she's crying about stuff. I don't know. I, I Once people start crying, I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about anymore. There was <laughs> lots of crying. Um, so that's where we are. So we're sitting there. So, I mean, I feel like weirdly enough, I mean, would you agree that of all the people, at least at the editorial decisions – this is the one that looks like they're trying to live up to what they said they were going to do in prison, probably more than anybody else. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I was surprised because I kind of thought that Louie would maybe try to put off moving um, to stay uh, with his mom. And so I'm a little surprised that mm -hmm. he's following through. It seems odd to me, though, and I feel like this is a couple where... Just let him get an opportunity to get a little attention. And yeah. I think he'll kind of realize like, oh, Melissa ain't no one special, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I do I do feel like he at least right now is a, is appreciative not just of Melissa who she is because she's kind of a pain in the butt. But yeah. like, you know, that 
she was there for me. Like when I was in prison and nobody else was talking to me, nobody else wanted any part of me. She did. Right. But I don't know how long that maintains the relationship if there's other temptations around. Well, okay. And the other part that is like, yeah, that seems all good and fine now until you realize like, oh, yeah, the reason why she was there for me is because this lady's freaking obsessed with me. Right. You know, she can't leave me alone. She can't, you know, she's so insanely jealous. She's all up in my business all the time. And then it's like you realize, oh, that's just how she is. And then it once again, it's like, oh, well, that's not special. You being there for me is just because you're like obsessed. Yeah. Well, it's also you can't the relationship doesn't stay going because of what you did in the past. Yeah. Right. That's a that's that's not a good relationship. That's not a healthy relationship. There has to be something about the relationship keeping you in it in the present, right? Yeah. And there's only so much that can be. If if all he gets from her is crazy jealousy for now, it can't be like, well, yeah, I have – I'm going to deal with crazy jealousy for the next – what, he's 40. So, mm-hmm. you know, the next 40 years, 40 to 50, 60, whatever years. And, you know, um, but because she put up with me in prison for five of them? Like, right. that, it's not, that, doesn't, that doesn't add up. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see them again in life after lockup. So we'll kind of see where it ends up and if he uh, follows through with the promises that he's made. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm curious how that happens in Jersey. And and they're also – they're back for life after lockup, right? Are they yes, one of the they eight? Are. Okay. Yeah, they are. There's a lot. There's a lot returning from here. That's true. I think I feel yeah. like it's – well, let's talk about that because that was everybody, right? So we all have a life yes. after lockup coming up in December at some point and they yes. announced that eight – I think it's eight couples. There's a lot. There's a lot of couples. So uh, Key Rock and Brittany, right. Joy and Red, uh, Melissa and Louie, um, I think Chelsea and Mikey – I can't remember. I think so. And I think we have a couple coming back. We have your Chevelle and Quaylen. Um, yes. There is um, – Chance and – Right. Chance and what's Taylor. What's her face? Um, yes. I think Sean and Sarah. Sarah Sean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah Sean. I saw them. So mm, – Yeah. Yeah. So we got a lot and I feel like we're missing one or two even. Yeah, there was – it seems like it's a lot of people, which scares me because that usually means it's going to be a super long season and we're only going to see half the couples on any episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. So out of the group we saw this week, who would you say is your student of the week? Uh, I'll say Anthony. Um, I thought he handled, you know, meeting with the intentionally, you know, the intentional drama set up with uh, Big Rich was fine. He was, yeah. you know – upset he did not like this party right. like this party was not what he wanted but he didn't make a big deal out of it you know he just went along with Sheree and then he did the proposal at the end he was fine like mostly for not rising to Chevelle's bait basically right right no I agree I went with Anthony on this one as well uh, how about your dunce I said red just this is we've seen this move we've seen this pattern so many times mm-hmm. and it's like and Part of part of this was just like his ridiculous, I'm going to call my bestie. And I was like, nope, you fooled zero people. 
No people were fooled <laughs> yeah. by that bestie thing. Come on. Right, right. Um, I actually went with Brittany. Um, I, I it, almost did. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was very annoying her quitting school and like trying to pretend like she knows better. Like the people like all in the cosmetology school, the reason why they were so impassioned by this argument is because it's something that they've lived through or seen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things where you do get frustrated with young people because it's like if you just had the perspective of a few more years, you would realize what a mistake you're making. But sometimes young people are very like, no, I know better. So that kind of leads into my uh, life lesson is if, this if whatever it is is what you really want you should never put it off you mm-hmm. know it's it's fine to change your mind and to be unsure and so if she's like oh i'm unsure i want to do cosmetology then i would be a little bit more supportive of her quitting right, right. and really kind of trying to find her right path cuz why are you going to waste your time i don't know you've already wasted your money so it just seems to me it's one more option i would have probably just said stick it out anyway but i'm more likely to side with you and say okay you know this isn't what you really want but she keeps on insisting this is what you really want why are you putting it off that's right. the part that made no sense to me yeah i There's mean no I, mine was my, my life lesson also aimed at her because and you're right because it was especially frustrating i feel like especially frustrating for teachers because mm-hmm. i feel like we do that all the time like i spend yeah. my whole time being like you know, I feel like somebody's walking down some jungle path and I'm like, hey, right. there's a pit right there. That's a pit. If you step there, you're going to fall on a pit. Right. And they're all like, nah. And they step into it and the next kid comes up like, I've seen a hundred people fall into right. that same pit. Exactly. I'm yeah. telling you what's going to happen if you step there and they're like, nah, I'm different. <laughs> my yeah. situation's different. And they fall into the pit. And so that's where right. I was like, my said, I was like, unless you have very solid concrete reasons. Uh-huh. Like, right, in a solid plan. You can't assume you're going to be the exception to the rule. Like, yeah. everybody there was like, you know what? Everybody who says they're going to come back in six months never finishes. Right. And she's like, well, yeah, but I will. And it's like, mm, what makes you special? Right? What yeah. What makes you special? They know that if you if you quit, you're 99.9% chance you're not coming back. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple friends that were literally one class away from getting a degree, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. Whether it's I have one friend, it's a master's. I have another friend that was undergrad and they never went back. Yeah. They realized their mistake kind of like a couple years too late. And they're just they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I just had that one class. I'm too far down. I'm too far down. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And they just they never go back. And so it's just you see it all the time. And it's like these are people that I would consider more ambitious and (laughs) got their life together more than Brittany. Right. Right. And it's just like you think you're different. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we have this group for the next couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know what what we have left. Uh, Sante and Renika out. Out. Uh, Melissa and Louie, they're parted ways. We might not see them again until life after lockup. Yeah. So I mentioned uh, we got some Key Rock stuff and Brittany. Um, yeah. I imagine we'll some Sheree and Anthony. There's got to be Red and Joy. I think like Red and Joy are going to be. Uh, right. Increasing number, increasing amount of our screen time here. Right, and Andy and Brittany, I, we got to get closure on them. But I mean, they're almost. I feel yeah, like I don't on their feel way like out. Mu- I don't. I, I don't feel like there's much story left. Agreed. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But we do need to wrap up uh, their storyline. Who knows? Um, yeah. So uh, we'll be back with this group next week. So until yep. then, see everybody then. Okay. okay. Bye. bye. <laughs>